Welcome to the game. This is game. They should have never gave you platform. The gab is back. The gab is back, baby. The gab is back. Let me fix my set. The gab is back, baby. The gab is back. Ooh. The gab is back, baby. The bab. I was about to say the bab is back. Down. <laughs> oh, what a lord. Cut my singing to a halt. <laughs> What's going on out there? This is another episode of The Gab. I'm your lovely or hated host, Kamal, a.k.a. The Black Seinfeld, a.k.a. Magic X. And since I got the best audience out there, what should the best audience be doing right now? You goddamn right. Giving yourself a round of applause. If they watching, at least they learning. And I appreciate all y'all from the ugly to the beautiful, and to the in-betweeners. Oh, Lord, Lord. Wow. It is so many in-betweeners out there. Jesus Christ. Hmm. <sighs> anyway, for my tubers, YouTube been around since 2005. I don't need to tell y'all what to do to get the video or the channel booming, but just like the rest of the tubers say, I'm gonna say the same thing. Like a sub, sub a share, share a comment, comment a like. Y'all know what to do. Some of y'all smart out there, you feel me? For my potters, though, I'm on Google Podcasts, I'm on Apple Podcasts, I'm on Spotify, and I'm on iHeartRadio. Across all those platforms, all you gotta do is type in The Gab or Kamal Johnson ENT. And bam, I pop right up. You feel me? Also, like to thank my lovely sponsor, First Place Losers. The link to the shop gonna be in the description below. Y'all go check out the fire ass garments made out of 100% Egyptian cotton. I guarantee a Bushel sex appeal up by let's say 51%. And look here, if it look good on me, it's gonna look good on your in between ass, okay? And oh yeah, you feel me like uh, I'm your lovely or hated host, Kamal, a.k.a. The Black Seinfeld, a.k.a. Magic X. Let's hop right into the goddamn topic of the week, of the day, whatever. Um, Black people, my black Americans, look at me. Come on, look at me. Right in my eyes, right in my eyes, y'all. We are not the degenerate class. That they try to promote to us. And that they try to promote. Okay? It's bull malarkey. It's BS. They try to promote that majority of us as black people, black Americans, we out here just twerking, uh, fighting our women, doing all type of debauchery bullshit. And that's not true. It's not true, y'all. No, it's a bunch of bull. Every black, I say 95% of black people that I know, and I know this is my anecdotal shit, they got some goddamn sense. Ask yourself, the black people that you know, do most of them got sense? 
I guarantee most of y'all be like, yeah, my, my, my black people, my black Americans, they be, they be having a lot of sense. We not our degenerate class, yo. They just promote it to us. They don't promote the white people degenerate class. The hillbillies incesting they self. What? They don't promote that. They promote our shit. And try to mess up our goddamn thinking, our damn mindset, to make it seem that like, oh, bro, this is how we is. Oh, man, what? No. Tired of that. It's weak. It ain't true. It's a thing called propaganda. Yeah, it's real. It happens every day. How's it happen? Well, let me give you some scenarios of how they try to propagandize and promote our degenerate class to us and brainwash us as black people, as black Americans, as if we all are the degenerate class, or most of us are in this degenerate class. One scenario. Did y'all see the women that were twerking? Oh yeah, I'm showing you the video right now. That were twerking on the slave ship. And one of them had the nerve to yell out doing this for our ancestors. Oh my God. Lady, if you don't get your big forehead, goddamn, need to do some calf raises ass up out of here with that BS. God damn. The idiocracy. You saw I get promoted though? God damn, man. So stupid. It's ignorant. Degeneracy. That's not, no. That's a small percentage, a select few of black people that be doing this BS. And they just get promoted out that freaking stratosphere. No. They the loud and stupid. Ignorant. Now, I've been around a lot of black women. And I'll tell you the percentage of them that twerk. In any of the scenarios I've been in. Highest might be 20%. Nah, dead ass. 20%, yo. That's for you slow mother effers out there. If that means if 10 black women walked in the room, you feel me? Two of them will be twerking. As if you see most of the stuff that's promoted on these goddamn social medias. The other eight will be like, kind of looking like, the other, the, it'll be some of them, they'll start doing a little dance. You know how black women be dancing? They be dancing all seductive, sexy. You feel me? My lady be doing it. She'll never twerk. I ain't never seen her twerk a day in my goddamn life. And thank the Lord. She hit you with that, I don't know what to call, like a snake kind of sexy, you know what I mean? It's that shit. Okay? That's how I see most black women dance. That twerking shit, man. I'm telling you, it's such a small percentage. And that look almost like the stripper type of shit or whatever, you feel me? It's such a small percentage. 
such a small percentage. But it get promoted like crazy. Then we have the, the yeah, someone call y'all brainwashed because y'all is. The brainwashed black people, black Americans out there to be like, yep, it's our country, bro. Oh, the damn. But, dude. Go outside. Talk to black people. Get to know them. You see, most of us ain't doing this degenerate bullshit. Come on, bruh. And bruhettes. Oh, yeah, it be women out there, too. It's like, God damn. Wow. Stuck on stupid. You dumb motherfuckers believed it was really butter. What? <laughs> Man. Another incident I wanted to talk about is the incident that happened in Chicago where that black man hauled off and hit this woman multiple times and her son had to murk that black man to protect his mama. Dog, I'm telling y'all right now, to me that is such a rare occasion, occurrence, where I see a black man haul off and punch a freaking woman. I've never seen that in my goddamn life. I've never seen that in my goddamn life. And I lived in Oakland for half my freaking life. Where it's 40% black people when I was growing up there. I've never seen a black man haul off and just bow punch a black woman. If they together or not. They arguing or not. Arguments? Oh, hell yeah. I've seen arguments. Oh my God. Black, white, Asian. It don't matter what color. They all argue. We all argue we human, okay? But I've never seen that. That's such a small percentage, and that shit gets promoted so freaking much, and it divides us. It divides us. That's the degenerate bullshit. It don't really happen. Hell, most time in the whole degenerate society, as y'all say, the hood and the ghetto, black men don't tolerate no black men hauling off hitting on a woman. They don't tolerate that shit unless it's warranted. And yes, I said warranted because there is times where it's warranted. That black man could be defending himself from that black woman. You feel me? But then when it's like this, nah, bro, we ain't tolerating that. And they try to promote this like this, how most of us black people, black Americans be acting. We don't act like this. I've been in San Diego the other half of my life, and I hang around mainly, i say 80% black people. I mean, I got a couple of sprinkled white friends and white groups, you feel me? San Diego, predominantly white. All right? But I never seen a man. Let me I'll rephrase this. I ain't never seen a black man haul off and punch a black woman. They got an argument and shit out here. I seen a white man punch the hell out of a white woman. I've seen it a couple times, actually. Yeah. Okay. But this right here, this ain't it, man. This is not. This is not us, black people. It's a small percentage that get promoted throughout the out the stratosphere. I'm telling you. Telling you, man.
I'm seeing this and it's making it. I had to say something about this, bro. I'm like, nah, bro. I'm tired of this shit, man. Us as black people, us as black Americans, we are not our degenerate class. We do not. Majority of us don't act like this. We are not like this. Okay? You would think goddamn 80% of black people act like this. No. You got to really ask yourself your anecdotal life. Then more people, well, I know a bunch of people, well, black people, they don't never act like this. And so I know a bunch of black people that you actually don't even know. They don't even act like this. Yo, it's propaganda. They pushing a narrative. Do we have do we have problems as black people as black Americans? Yes, we do. Do we have a degenerate class? Yes, we do. Every motherfucking race got a degenerate class. Okay? Our shit just get promoted into the forefront. And that's not us as black people, man. Alright? Tired of that, man. That be us out of here, bruh, for real. Anyway, we about to get into the next segment. Ooers, we about to get into the SAF segment. And today, I got to talk about The Bear, season two, on Hulu. And let me tell you, this season was just as good as season one. It had a different feel to it. Until it was like, there's a couple episodes that gave me that old season one feel of the bear. I know some of y'all out there are like, what you mean the old feel of season one? What are you talking about? And I'm like, did you watch it? Huh? Because you did, it gave you max anxiety. God damn. Season one, I was on the edge of my seat like, what the? Oh, no. Not another problem. Oh, is this how the restaurant industry is? You're always stressed out. I understand. You be like, damn it, who put the pudding right there? Now it's on the floor. Now we got to redo it. It's going to mess us up two minutes. And you like, yeah, it's only two minutes, right? But in restaurant world, two minutes is a lifetime. Okay? It's especially a high-end restaurant. Jeez. Man, that anxiety was pumping. Pop, pop. Season two, I say the episode after the family episode, that's when it started. And that was like episode six. So kind of like the second half of the bear, you start getting that anxiety. And you're like, oh, oh my God. Oh, another mistake. Oh, Lord, Lord. Especially the last episode. Oh, my goodness. Anyway, before I jump into some more of the plot, let me give you the stats of season two. I mean, I already told y'all the cast, but I'll go over and tell y'all the what well, most of the cast again. Not everybody, but most of it. All right? And then we're going to go from there. All right. So, is this the second time i ever seen this? Uh, Rotten Tomatoes gave it 100%. IMDb gave it an 8.4. And us, the people, gave it a 94%. God damn. Damn! Hand claps! Y'all agree. So frick y'all. <laughs> wow. Yeah. And I agree. Season 2 was really freaking good. It gave a different kind of feel to, to it. I, I'll explain it. Alright? 
Oh, and I'm just seeing the names. Oh, the names of the episodes. Oh, damn. And I'm hungry as hell, too. Oh, beef. Pause. Pasta. Sunday. Honeydew. Pa ha ha. Fishes. Forks. <laughs> it's bolognese, but it, it looks like bolognese. Amaletta. And then the bear. So. That was all the episodes for season two. You feel me? Let me give you the uh, the cast. You know what I mean? So you had Jeremy Allen White, who is Carmi. You feel me? Um, you got Ayo Adabari. I'll be messing up her name. I'm sorry. She's Sydney. Then you have Ebon Moss Backrotch. And he, Jeremovich. And I'm so glad he got his head out of his ass. And it's, it's like, he was... I, okay, I put it like this. Season one, he was the most hated character to me. Season two, loved him the most. I was like, yes, finally. For, anyway, let me give you the rest of the cast. Uh, and that, uh, Carmi Car and Jeremy, I'm going to call him Jeremy because that's what they call um on the show. Uh, they're cousins. And then Abby Elliott, she plays Nat uh, Natalie. You feel me? Natalie and Carmi, they're brothers. You feel me? Brother and sister. They all in the family except for Sydney. Then you got Maddie Madison. He a real cook too. You feel me? He plays Neil. He's the other cousin. Then you have Lionel. They call him he got, got L Boy here, but Lionel from the Loiter Squad. He's Marcus. You feel me? And then they got uh Lisa Colin Zaza. She's Tina, you feel me? And all right, you know, the rest of the cast, they doing anything and stuff, you feel me? But let me get back to the plot. Let me get back to the uh, the field season two. So season two was, it was the buildup of them opening, reopening up the restaurant and trying to do it all the right way. They're trying to get their permits. They're trying to get all their uh, goddamn health instruction, whatever. Whatever you need to do to open up a restaurant properly, that's what they were doing this time. Because prior, because the restaurant was owned by they older brother. I told you who the actor was. I don't need to do that, all right? They older brother who ended up passing away and left the restaurant to Carmi. You feel me? And Carmi wanted to run the restaurant with with his older brother. His older brother was like, bro, I'm not trying to get you into this. And you got more in depth of that conversation and of that thing when they had the episode... Episode, I want to say six, where the family all came together and a mom was freaking going crazy cooking and stuff. And you saw how you saw how hectic that one night of that family is. It reminded you of how the restaurant is ran. And it's kind of like a saying where like anything that you do in life, any you're going to do it in any aspect of life. So how their family was ran and how hectic that was and how just out of order everything was. But at the end of the day, the food came out magnificent, but it seemed like nobody ate because they were arguing and fighting and forks thrown and just all types of stuff. That's how the restaurant is ran. So it kind of, it was like, you know, I was like, okay. But they, him and his older brother, Carmi and his older brother, uh, had the convo, and his older brother was literally like, yo, bro, I don't want to get you in this situation because 
They were riddled in debt. And Carmi finds this out. You know what I mean? Running the restaurant. He's like, oh, this is what my brother was trying to stop me from getting myself into. But the thing it makes you think, it was like, should have his older brother let Carmi come in and possibly help save the business? Possibly could have helped save his life? Who knows? You, you know what I mean? Like, it's the the whole who knows factor. But anyway, season two was more of like each of the characters were kind of branching out on their own and Carmi was kind of paying for it to help better their skills. So instead of him buying, or not buying, hiring better people, he said, these are the people I rock with. This is my family. I'm going to get y'all out there to sharpen up y'all skills. And, you know, it gave him more of a purpose. You feel me? Even his goddamn uh, cousin Jeremy, he he had him like it was like a punishment. Him go to like a special high end restaurant and work there for like a week. Wish that week felt like a goddamn month. But anyway, it and this was the thing is like yo. Sometimes you got to put people in situations in actually better situations. Get them around people that's gonna elevate their game. Get them around people that's going to step their game up and make them look at this stuff like, maybe I'm the problem. Maybe I'm not working hard enough. Maybe I'm looking at this from a different perspective that I don't need to look at it from that perspective. And that's what happened with the episode, I want to say Forks, where Carmi uh, put Jeremy into this restaurant and he was like, you know, cleaning Forks at first and was like, man, man, what am I doing here? Then the... uh, the other, um, the managers, Asian cat, he kind of whipped him in shape. It was like, bro, this is my life. I love this. You bullshitting. I don't know what you on, but you on horse shit. And then Jeremy was like, you know what? Maybe I am. Maybe it is me. Maybe I need to be better. And once he had that mindset and stuff clicked, he took over that training, that uh, uh, line of work. And brought it over to the bear. You feel me? Gave the man some purpose. Sometimes it's sad seeing a nigga with no purpose. Nah, seriously. Sometimes a man just need a little bit of push to some purpose. But the rest of the episodes, everybody was doing their thing. You feel me? Marcus, he went out to, I think it was either Italy or Paris, to brush up on his dessert whipping skills. You feel me? And then... um. Hold on, let me get the uh, cast. There's a lot of cast members. Sydney, you feel me? He, uh, uh, Carmi start giving her more trust. They was kind of button heads, you feel me? But he was giving her more trust and was like, you know what? You're going to be head chef. You're going to be running things, you feel me? And they were doing all of this, you feel me, while renovating the whole shop and trying to get their permits and everything together. So, of course, it was like, some button heads, some arguments and shit. But everybody, as they were arguing, they were getting closer. Sydney and Tina, getting, they're getting closer. Like, and even though they arguing that conflict, the resolution on how they solve conflict got different. It was more like, we ain't gonna be yelling. We, let's chill, relax, talk it out. Okay. You feel me? I, and I like that. And Carmi finally let his sister, Natalie, come into the business and help. Carmi has a hard time letting people help. And I understand that. 
I be having a hard time letting people help. It is so hard to relinquish some shit to get some help. But Carmia is starting to do that, and it helped them out tremendously. You feel me? And I always think that was one of the main things that were, they were trying to throw at us with this season was everybody was branching out on their own and doing their own form of greatness, and Carmi was letting them instead of trying to dictate shit. Yeah. Dictate. I said dictate. <laughs> Pause. Yeah, but... That was one of the things, and that's why I felt like this season, it wasn't as anxiety-ridden, where it was like, oh, oh everything messing up. It was more of like, okay, Carmi is really letting some stuff go. And you kind of felt that in the season. It was like, oh, you seen these people got their own way of doing greatness, and like, if Carmi just kind of let them kind of be, and then, you know, everything will work out. Even Sydney, she had, because she has fear, oh, this might fail. And it was more of like, stop thinking that way. Everything's going to be good. People going to love it. You feel me? It was that too, you feel me? Until after the family episode. Then you start getting some anxiety. It was like permits wasn't coming through. It was crunch time. It was like, oh, snaps. Uh-oh, it's getting close. And then, because like 7, 8, and 9, you still had the little anxiety thing, but it wasn't it, it, it wasn't as much until episode 10. And I think they bottled all that up to episode 10. Oh, another thing. Carmi ended up getting a girlfriend this uh, season. And the girlfriend was a girl he liked since high school. You feel me? And she liked his ass, too. She was just trying to tell his scary ass, God damn, man, you need to... It should have been. You know what I mean? But what does Carmi do best? F up things. He F'd it up with her. And I'm like, oh, bruh. Oh, it's what we do as best as men. Talk too much at times. <laughs> we really good at doing that and effing things up. But anyway, so at the very, the last episode, that's when the, the restaurant opened back up. You feel me? And it was opening, it opened up to friends and family. And, like, you saw the one episode with the family with the mom, and the mom acted like nobody cared about her, but actually everybody loved her. But the thing is, is, like, the way they were showing love is not the way she wanted to receive love. They were showing her love, like, look, we here to help, but we gonna be out your way because we know this show kitchen is your domain. And she was more like, in a way, even though she yelled at people and was like, get that out, she wanted that. She actually wanted people to come in and be like, you good? Like, Not the okay stuff, but come in and be like, let me help. I appreciate you cooking this. Da-da-da. At the end of the day, she needed a man. Let's be real. She needed a man. She wanted a man to come back up, up on that ass and be like, baby girl, kiss on the neck. You cooking this thing well. She going to be like, get the fuck out of here. I love you too. It was that type of thing. That's what I was getting, you feel me? But yeah. It um it showed in like the um Natalie invited the mom to come and Carmi was telling her, like, man, moms ain't gonna come. Why are you giving up your whole why are you doing this? And then Natalie's husband went outside and the mom was actually there. 
The mom came and didn't go in because she felt too embarrassed and she felt that she didn't deserve the good thing. And I was like, this is such a fatal mistake because that would have sealed up everything. It would have been the goddamn cherry on the damn milkshake. Like, they really, I'm, I'm telling you, bro, and it's like, they thinking one thing, she thinking another, and it's like, dude. I really wish she would have came in that restaurant, but she didn't. And essentially, she left. And the uh, the husband was trying to tell his wife, Natalie, and shit, but didn't happen. And Carmi got locked. It was Carmi got locked in the damn fridge, and because he got distracted by a call from his girlfriend, instead of him just being like. Let me call. Let me answer my girlfriend. Hey, I'm busy right now. I'm gonna call you back later. Boom, and call the goddamn fridge guy. He just kind of froze and would just start getting too much into his head. Didn't call. Got locked in the fridge and was locked in the goddamn fridge the whole night that they ran the restaurant. And he's stressing and shit like that. And they ran the restaurant beautifully. He did his part as a leader to lead these people, and he still at the end of the day. It it the world forced him to have to believe and trust his damn team, and the way the way the world works is like it it really did sit him down like yo you have to trust your team, and they ran the restaurant beautifully. Everybody did their part. Everybody helped, and it was in my head. I'm like, dude, just think if Carmi would have just. Follow through and just relax. Call. Bruh. He would have still had the love of his life. Because what happened was he start, he started getting too much into his head. And he thought he was talking to Tina. And actually his girl came in and he was like, yo. Basically saying, I don't need no love. Love is distracting me. That This is why I didn't, like, I didn't want want her around because now I'm distracted and I don't deserve it and this and that and it's like damn the way you talking you sounding like your mom and his girl heard that and was like man if that's how you feel I'm out of here lost the love of his life hmm. for now I mean season 3 he might get her back but hey I'm just like dude oh Bro, you got to work on yourself more, bro. You got to, you're still like, you know, everything's actually going good for you. You're self-sabotaging. Very self-sabotaging, you know? And I was like, man, see? Moral of the story is, when your girlfriend calls, just answer. She probably would have reminded your ass. Hey, did you, you, you hit the fridge guy up, right? God, you know what? You right. I was about to. About to call him. Answer your girlfriend. You feel me? <laughs> Man. But that was that was the last uh last episode. It left it open for there's gonna be a season three. For sure gonna be a season three. I actually can't wait to see season three because season two is good. And it gave her a different feel. You feel me? And it still gave the similar feel of season one, just not all the episodes. So 
season three might be in for a treat. Amen. Um, once again, that was the bear on Hulu. Um, watch if you want or not. It's up to you. I don't give a damn. Anyway, y'all know what time it is, right? Oh yeah, it is meantime. And today I got a couple juicy memes for y'all. In a first one, <laughs> he got the little kid, the, the little white kid. Remember with the uh, picture? Uh, uh. <laughs> and it reads, "Me, can I get you anything else, customer? Yeah, a million dollars. Me. Oh, uh. I remember when I used to work at Seaport Village. It's a, this is like a, a port or whatever." Where like the boats come in and you can sell your boats in San Diego. Very nice area. And I worked at this camera shop and stuff. And customers, it's usually them old white men. They would say corny shit like this. I like, oh yeah, me too. <laughs> you feel me? Like dirt, dirt. Alright, man. Got another kind of, it's like a meme tweet. It's uh by Josh at Stereo berries, whatever. Uh, it is said it has it has SpongeBob, and you got the um, the umbilical cord. <laughs> it says, mm. <laughs> and it says, me when mommy was pregnant and swallowed daddy's cummies. <laughs> Such a degenerate meme. Oh Lord, oh Lord. <laughs> <sighs> And this meme was inspired by the bear. You know, they in a restaurant, and this is how they be looking before service and after service. And it had in the meme itself, it has um, remember uh, was it Lord of the Rings and the Hobbits? And before they got into battle, then they have a picture under. After they got into battle, they all tired and they like, God damn, beat up, cuts all on their face. And so the top it says before service, and before at, I mean the bottom has after service. <laughs> I never worked in the restaurant, but I had homies worked in restaurants, and I see them before they go to work, and I've seen them after they come to work. I'm like, nigga, did you just get into an MMA fight? Did you just get into a brawl? What the hell is going on? <laughs> and that's how it be in the bear, bruh. Hey, man, my restaurant compadres. Is this how it is? This how it really be? I needs to know. Let me know. ASAP. Okay? God damn. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Wow. Sweet baby black Jesus. Anyway, this is another episode of The Gab. I'm your lovely or hated host, Kamal, a.k.a. The Black Seinfeld, a.k.a. Magic X. And since I got the best audience out there, what should the best audience be doing right now? You goddamn right, giving yourself a round of applause. Now, if they watch it, at least they learn And I appreciate all y'all. From the ugly to the beautiful 
into the in-betweeners. And oh my God. Hoo-wee. It is so many in-betweeners out there. God damn. For my tubers though, YouTube been around since 2005. I don't need to tell y'all what to do to get the video or the channel booming. But just like the rest of the tubers say, I'ma say the same thing. Like a sub. Sub a share. Share a comment. Comment a like. Y'all know what to do. Some of y'all smart out there, you feel me? For my potters though, I'm on Google Podcasts. I'm on Apple Podcasts. I'm on Spotify. And I'm on iHeartRadio. Across all those platforms. All you gotta do is type in the gab or Kamal Johnson ENT. And bam, I pop right up. You feel me? Also, I like to thank my lovely sponsor, First Place Losers. The link to the shop gonna be in the description below. Y'all go check out the fire ass garments. Made out of 100% Egyptian cotton. I guarantee it boosts your sex appeal up by, let's say, uh, 55%. And look here. If it look good on me, it's going to look good on your in-between ass, okay? And with that being said, I am your lovely or hated host, Kamal, a.k.a. The Black Seinfeld, a.k.a. Magic X. And I appreciate all y'all. Unless you're a honky racist. And you know what to do. Or a coon. On that note, y'all have a good day. Good evening. Good whenever it is y'all consuming this content right here, okay? And I'm out, y'all. Peace. Stop putting ourselves in acting like we just only are degenerate class. What the hell? That's some BS. This was good. This was good.